John 831 31-32 NASP So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed Him, If you continue in My word, then you are truly disciples of Mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Anyone, who gives of themselves, to earnestly read and consider God's word, sooner or later, should come to the realization that these are no ordinary words, spoken by an ordinary man about ordinary truths. The words of Jesus and indeed, the whole of the Bible, takes us to realities that we haven't seen, and helps us understand truths that we weren't always aware of and touches our hearts like no other words can. If you continue in my word. That's the direction Jesus gives us. That's the path that is narrow, that's the means whereby we truly become disciples of Jesus. It's interesting to note that Graham Cook, who I've written about before, puts his own little spin on this verse on an advertisement for one of his recent new books. Here's a picture of the advertisement. Notice the words that have been dropped, notice the words that have been added such as encounter and experience. Subtle isn't it? If one wasn't conversant with God's Word, those subtle little changes wouldn't even be noticed, in fact, one could easily assume this is a direct biblical quote. But of course, if one did, one would be mistaken. Did you ever notice that God puts little, what I call flags into His Word to alert you that something significant is connected with the Scripture that you are reading? And these flags can be introduced in a number of ways. Sometimes it is the insertion of a short statement on a specific detail or sometimes it is a statement that just seems to stand out from the others. Other times it can be what specifically isn't addressed. If you've been following my observations in Genesis, series part 5 the instance of Ham's blessings and his sons Canaan's curse, even though it was Ham's sin, is a good example. When I was relatively new in the faith, I had the blessing of having a very knowledgeable mentor who instilled in me the methodology to utilize when studying scripture. And what follows is one of the crowning principles he instilled in me that is taken from Isaiah. Isaiah 28 9-10 KJV Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk, and drawn from the breasts. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, and there a little. And my mentor's advice was sound because it instilled in me the necessity to dig deeper and ensure that the precept that I was studying agreed with God's other precepts and the method used to ensure this is to study the precepts of God individually and collectively, line upon line compared with line upon line, here a little and there a little. Does that take a lot of time? Absolutely. There are no shortcuts. Studying God's Word is a lifelong endeavor and I'm pretty sure we never come even close to all that God has given us in His Word. But once you start on this journey, a strange thing happens. When you run into a statement or a supposed quote like the one that Graham Cook makes above, you immediately sense that something is not right and the words like encounter and experience stand out like sore thumbs. God's Word tells us that His written Word is complete, that it contains everything that we need. 2 Timothy 3 16-17 Nasbal Scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. Note the words fully and equipped. Hebrews 4:12 Nasp for the word of God is living and active, and sharper than any two-edged sword, even penetrating as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Luke 24:27 Nasp then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things written about himself in all the scriptures. Acts 17:11 Nasp now these people were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Savoring God's word is the way in which I like to explain how one approaches God's word. We're not talking about fast food here, this is not a hamburger that we're biting into, it's much much more than that, and it behooves us to approach God's word as such.
Notice the contrast in Graham Cook's quote that leads us away, encounters, experience. Obviously there's nothing wrong with encountering Jesus and experiencing God in our daily lives but when our focus starts to center on these encounters and experiences rather than to be centered on His Word, which we should all know centers on Jesus, that simple diversion is another road and another path from the one that Jesus has told us to focus on. I call these subtle diversions off-ramps and Satan tried it with Jesus during his temptation, but it didn't work. It is written as recorded as Jesus' response for a reason. Jesus didn't take those off-ramps and neither should we. It is subtle, but that subtle diversion leads to more and more of a different path focusing on signs and wonders and less and less of Him. The signs and wonders served and serve a purpose, but one should not detract or replace from the focus of the other. Do you recall how Jesus said the following is recorded in Mark 16 17-18 NASP These signs will accompany those who have believed, in my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not harm them, they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. But it also is prudent to note the following is recorded in Matthew 7:22-23 NASP Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Emphasis is mine. Lawlessness, that's where what they think becomes right in their own eyes, versus God's intent and purposes being sidelined, and when our focus is shifted, and that balance is lost, chasing after signs and wonders being an example, that is exactly what happens. As opposed to staying rooted in God's Word, which happens to be the means by which Jesus says you are truly disciples of mine. It kind of puts a whole new meaning to Isaiah 28 9-10 doesn't it, or it indeed should. Matthew 7 13-15 Nasp enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware of the false prophets, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. That last verse in Matthew 7 13-15 is directly aligned with the narrowness of continuing on in accordance with all of His Word, whole counsel, not just some of it. And Jesus tells us that it will come to us dressed as a sheep. That would be supposedly as one of our own. Is the need great to be knowledgeable of the whole counsel of God? I'm thinking like never before. Worthy is the Lamb. Blessings.